fact that we've got financial solutions that are going to make their way into various ecosystems, it almost makes a product owner at, you know, a technology company uh, be a banker. Uh, it also makes a product owner at a rideshare company be a banker. So mm. I think the concept of a banker has become a little more universal. Welcome to the Next Gen Banker podcast, where we explore what's next in banking and talk with the innovators responsible for creating positive change in the financial sector. I'm Becca Heft, Sunrise Bank's Chief Brand Officer, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Brian Toft, our Chief Revenue Officer. You know, I am just thrilled to have uh, Monisha Chakrapani on the show today. Um, I've got to know her, gosh, over the last six months and just tickled to have her on the show today. Uh, but before we get started, just a reminder to stick around to hear our musical feature at the end of the episode. Each Next Gen Banker episode showcases one new artist from somewhere around the globe, representing a wide range of different genres. So check it out. Let's hear a little bit about Monisha. Uh, Monisha is a 15-year veteran in the banking industry, experience in uh, consumer deposits and credit cards. She's also the co-host of FinTech Cafe, which is a live podcast that features leaders in the FinTech industry. And we'll be talking more about that today. Monisha, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Brian and Becca. Nice to see you both. Yes, likewise. So I have to ask, 15-year banking veteran, like, how did you do that? Like, how did you fall into banking and fintech? That makes me seem older than I probably am. <laughs> <laughs> banking was something that I got into accidentally, uh, but continued to stay engaged and have found a really good fit uh, in terms of um, the things that I want to do. Uh, financial solutions is so close to everyone, right? It's sort of like healthcare. Everyone needs that. Um, so there's always a need for um, solving for some of those customer jobs to be done. Uh, my career has always revolved around product management um, and whether it was credit card products uh, and now deposit products or analytics, which is related to um, products. Um, and one of the leading branches um, for innovation early on when we think about fintech is primarily the payments rails, right? How can mm. we move money faster? Um, so that's sort of one of the areas which has always intrigued me. Um, with Amazon uh, powering e-commerce, there also came a need to drive payments equally fast. Um, and that's uh, pretty much the payment rails, which brought me into the whole um, fintech landscape or rather the awareness of it, though I know fintech as a term has been used much longer than that. Yeah, you know, it makes me think, Brian, of, you know, Brian runs our fintech area our and all revenue at the bank. But it reminds me, like, so many people started with payments. Like, that was the initial for Soray into um, into the fintech uh, industry. Yeah, and we're a lot of times accidentally into banking and accidentally into finance. We've, I think, probably had a consistent pattern there for both the co-hosts here and our guests uh, in uh, on this podcast. So that's been really interesting to see, and we can add you to that list. So you are the host of co-host of FinTech Cafe, 
with Ambika Sharma. And Ambika lives in the West Coast, it sounds like. And you live here in the Twin Cities, actually not far from me here in Minneapolis, we found out as we met at Money 2020. Uh, how did you two meet and what made you decide to start the show? So, Brian, I'm sure I'm not alone when I say this, but the pandemic really made a lot of us rethink the way we do things. Um, and human beings, we are a pretty resilient race just because there was a shutdown that didn't prevent us from doing the things we needed to do or wanted to do. There was definitely a need for community, a need for, you know, contact with people. Um, and right around that time, Clubhouse, uh, the app, the audio, social audio app came into being. Um, Ambika is based out of the West Coast. I'm based out of Minneapolis, like you said. Um, and the way to sort of um, share common interests uh, in common communities, uh, we were able to achieve that through uh, the Clubhouse app. Uh, one of the things we also noticed was the, there was a need. Um, in, in Minneapolis, we do have, we are the home to some financial institutions, uh, but trying to build the kind of presence that you may see perhaps on the West Coast, uh, Silicon Valley, or in New York City um, is a little harder given the geographical constraints. And so um, again, I decided to start this community of conversations, actually not even starting with the intent to have a podcast, just you know, uh, people, like-minded people wanting to chat and wanting a community to bounce ideas off of. And then noticed that there was definitely a need, uh, both on the people who were telling the stories as well as the people who were listening. Um, and so we decided to step into that space and provide that bridge, so to speak. Um, so yeah, and it's been about uh, a year and then some um, and had some 50 plus uh, companies represented, uh, mostly startups, where we're just trying to understand what the story is and inspired by them. Yeah, I was looking at the roster of your guests, and that's very impressive. And I highly yes. recommend our listeners check it out, FinTech Cafe. How do you find your guests? And uh, I'm curious, too, what have you learned doing the podcast, listening to all these guests talk about their story? And 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 are they accidental bankers, too? <laughs> well, it depends. Some of them have taken the technology route uh, with mm -hmm. the FinTech, the technology component, and then some of them um, have actually had a pain point. Um, I think it was true where the owner had a pain point. The owner was, you know, in the country uh, from um, for studies and was trying to figure out some alternatives around uh, financial solutions and realized there was a gap there. So there was definitely a lot of personal stories uh, where they were trying to validate and solve for, and then some of it was just based on customer pain points that they very clearly saw there was a need to solve for and technology could. Um, so definitely the range. So one thing I know about Monisha is that we have a shared interest in elevating and uplifting women along their career journey in the finance industry, which is primarily um, has been comprised of men in the past. So it made me think of one of your episodes, Moshina, where you talked with a crypto executive. And you mentioned in the podcast that she was one of the few women in crypto. So from your perspective, what do you think the finance or fintech industry needs to make sure its products and services are providing for and are indicative of the diverse consumer market? 
Yeah, and the, I think the executive Becca you may be referring to is Lule Demacy. Uh, she's yes. the CEO of eToro. Uh, what a personality. We were completely floored by everything she brought to the table. And she she does come in with the intersection of many identities, uh, which you know tells the story in a very different way. And it was fascinating how she's continuing to be successful in her industry. It does seem like the level at the CEO level and even with Sunrise Bank as an example, right? There's a courage at the leadership level to do something different. Uh, they choose to make the change from that leadership level. And that seems to be a big driving force in some of the inclusive inclusivity that we are starting to see in the financial space. Um, and also having representation at every level is important. We've heard of some infamous examples around products that are being built by a certain group for another group. And there being a complete mismatch like face recognition uh, and the engineers not really taking inputs from all the different diverse groups and that resulting in some very disastrous results. Um, so it is important to also have that sort of representation at every level, whether it's at the leadership, the builders, the product managers across the board. Yeah, it's interesting in banking and in finance in general, well, particularly in banking, the to take a big risk and have a reward is great, but to take a big risk and have that fail, the consequences are massive. And so, you know, it's really difficult to be entrepreneurial in the heavily regulated industry of banking. And what's been interesting is to see fintech push that along and and kind of stretch that. And I'm sure you've seen that with some of your guests that you've talked to and and the, the use cases they've come up with for how they could be be different and change things. Um, and I think that's true with, um, you know, fintech in general, kind of seeing a problem, as you mentioned, and then trying to go and solve it. And um, there's a lot of different niches that fintechs try to solve. And I'm wondering where you've seen some of that uh, potential of fintech to be especially impactful. You know, we care a lot about financial wellness here at Sunrise and trying to make a difference in people's lives in terms of, you know, where is that uh, where's that need in terms of, you know, that small dollar loan or that account that has no fees, those things like that. So what are you seeing? Um, what trends are you seeing in fintech to help solve some of those problems? And where do you see it going? We've done the range of companies, uh, which I know one of your earlier asks was around what do we gain out of it? It is those trends uh, that we tend to see as a part of these conversations, because some of them are early, right, series B plus companies that are still working through their scaling process. Mm -hmm. um, and we see them serve needs. We've worked with uh, those who are in the small business space. Um, so um, they basically are Camino Financial. They're working to provide really small businesses uh, the financial solutions that they need and catering the banking process around them, right? So having the right uh, rails to be able to cater to that. So that was fascinating as we know, small business is a driving engine of our economy. Um, mm -hmm. So that was really enlightening to see that they're uh, trying to help that use case. Uh, we also see some international uh, use cases. We had New Bank on our show, um, the Brazilian uh, FinTech, um, and they serve 
the underserved markets. I mean, their growth was primarily by serving the underserved. Um, and I think uh, whether it's no fee banking accounts or credit cards with uh, low fees, um, it's trying to, again, meet the needs of um, underbanked community that they seem to have done well and also uh, became a win-win both for them and their customers through the process. So those are some of the potential use cases that have really been um, getting our attention. Um, the other thing is also that we've seen, um, and as recently as Money 2020, is there's a lot of laying the groundwork for infrastructure. Um, as you know, with the CFPB announcement that came right in the middle of uh, Money 2020 with the 1033 and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, following up on that for next year, it's really opening up the space for open banking, uh, which is the jump off platform for embedded finance. And that's going to be really interesting. Uh, and Becca, you're going to say something uh, on that? No, I was just like, um, I know Brian and I before... Um we had jumped on the podcast to record with you. We're talking about embedded finance and how that has transitioned over time and what role it could have in the future as it begins to build. Yeah. I mean, it's some fairly obvious use cases. The one that's often used is with our uh, rideshare drivers, right, where they don't have to work with a bank. Um, they have that payment embedded within their rails and also get paid um, more frequently than the biweekly that we are used to. Um, but yeah, it, I think it's going to be interesting to continue to watch how, um, because we saw everywhere from identity verification um, yeah. to being able to issue cards to checking accounts, everything uh, that you can do uh, without um, having the full weight of a bank uh, needed. It's also going to be interesting um, to see how that evolves, but because as we know, uh, banking is highly regulated. So when you start creating these um, simpler solutions, are we going to be able to move much more uh, rapidly um, in the advancement? And that that I think is to be seen. But what we know is they're building the infrastructure right now for it uh, to happen. And I think that's the exciting part, right? Like that this technology is changing the possibility of what can happen. Right. And it's opening up a lot of use cases. Yeah, so I'm wondering your opinion on that. I did see that at Money 2020 as well with uh, embedded finance and the infrastructure behind that. It, it seems like, as we've talked to people that are involved in that world, that companies that want to have you know, some kind of wallet or some way for their customers to store money on on their in, in their business want a turnkey solution. They want to be able to go to somewhere and say, okay, can you make sure all the banking stuff is taken care of? Because we don't have banking expertise. We have our product expertise. So I'm wondering your opinion. Do you think that we are going to see lots of different companies establishing wallets or bank accounts in kind of that embedded finance future where, you know, you're going to have your grocery store account, maybe where you have money on your grocery store account, or you're going to have your money with um, some online shop that you like to to go to? What is your thought on that? I think the other big part of the 1033 is the fact that it's about customers, right? And how they want to be able to share those information. As a customer, it does make me nervous to know that there are going to be all these entities with my information. At the same time, I think we need to approach it in a way that customers are feeling comfortable with the privacy uh, being 
respected and maintained. So I think it's going to be definitely a balance of those two. And if we're able to check those, then it's going to be uh, tremendously successful and useful um, in terms of the growth. Um, Apple has been a very, um, it's a bigger use case, uh, but I don't know about you, but I have my Apple card and it has definitely become the top of wallet product. And I say product, not just card, because now they have savings as well as an option that they're going to, um, where you can redeem your uh, rewards into a savings account. Um, and again, that's an ecosystem that I didn't consciously think about, but the fact that I changed my phone recently and the only card that carried over seamlessly was my Apple card. Mm. All my other cards required another step in the process, right? So in my phone ecosystem, embedded finance, Apple has done that really seamlessly yeah. and well. So I think there are some very good possibilities. And the only reason I would be willing to do that is because of the confidence and the trust I have with what Apple was going to do with my information. So that's the whole balance to be aware of. Um, yeah. But exciting possibilities for sure. It is. It is really exciting. And, you know, we're coming up at the end of a, of a year and entering into 2023. And it will be exciting as we um, see what changes technology can bring, um, the responsibility that that technology brings us as well, and the potential to help close the financial wellness gap. So Monisha, we always ask this last question at the end of our podcast. Um, you've seen a lot of change in banking. We talked a lot about it today. And it might be hard predict to predict, but what do you think that next-gen banker looks like? It's, I mean, we've kind of hit on maybe what I was thinking about uh, in terms of the next-gen Um it's almost not next gen. It feels like it's at our doorstep. So it feels a little closer to than the next generation. So I don't know if at some point you're going to change the name of your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to. <laughs> um, but it, um, the fact that we've got financial solutions that are going to make their way into various ecosystems, it almost makes a product owner at you know a technology company be a banker. Uh, it also makes a product owner at a rideshare company be a banker. So mm. I think the concept of a banker has become a little more universal. Yes, we're always going to have the main companies and the you know that maintain and are the uh, gatekeepers. Uh, but at the same time, the role has really going to be evolving if it hasn't already into the other ecosystems where we're seamlessly embedding. So. Embedded finance is definitely uh, something that I am keen to watch. And I think a lot of these, the next generation of bankers um, is going to be shaped by how um, how accelerated uh, the growth is in that space. But Well, Monisha, it's been so awesome talking to you today. If people want to find FinTech Cafe, where can they find the podcast? Yeah, thank you for letting me plug this in. But uh, we do have a website, fintechcafe.org, and we're also available on all platforms. So while your listeners are out there looking at Next Gen Bank or podcast, uh, definitely feel free to check us out as well. Yeah, please do. Like uh, Brian said, just a great array of guests. Um, heavy hitters, as, as uh, Brian said. Um, Monisha, can't wait to see what you're going to do in the future. And uh, thanks again for being on the podcast. And to all of you, thanks for listening to the Next Gen Banker podcast. We'll see you next time. 
For this episode's musical feature, we're showcasing The Sweet Sorrows. The Sweet Sorrows are a veteran Irish singer-songwriter, Sammy Horner, and his Australian wife, Kylie. They globally tour their acoustic folk and Americana music, delighting audiences with their humor and vocal harmonies. Here is Cooper Petty Opal Mine by The Sweet Sorrows. Cooper Petty Opal Mind by The Sweet Sorrows. You can find The Sweet Sorrows music at thesweetsorrows.com and on Spotify. If you would like your music featured on the Next Gen Banker podcast, just email nextgenbankerpodcast at gmail.com with a link to your music and website. Thanks for listening to the Next Gen Banker podcast. We'll see you next time.